Thank you for listening to Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body. This is part three of a three-part series in conversation with Start the Conversation. Welcome to episode 62, act three, Insert Humanness Here, recorded March 23rd, 2023. Screaming about irrevocability Let's burn some bridges, earn some stitches And fight our own way free Cause the rules don't lie but they don't apply to people like you and me Let's start it up now 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 Now they say it's all decided, all divided, all laid out and the pushcart man with a three-part plan can't understand what you're shouting about. But when the past they plow, the lives aloud are the only roads you can see. Just remember who walls were built to fall for old people like you and me. Let's start it up now. 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 Hey, hey, TA audience. Welcome to Teaching Artistry. This podcast is researched, recorded, and produced on the unceded lands, water, and air, stewarded by the Canarsie and Muncie Lenape peoples in what is colonially known as Brooklyn, New York. Thanks so much for listening, and thanks for supporting this indie podcast. Invite your peeps, colleagues, and friends to join our community and subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcast player. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Teaching Artistry Podcast and head over to teachingartistry.org to access episodes, guest bios, our e-zines, merch, and more. The Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body Pod Squad is proud to partner with New York City Children's Theater in a series called In Conversation with Start the Conversation. This series highlights three of the Start the Conversation resource topics. And to round out our partnership, this act focuses on emergency drill support. It features Caitlin McCain and Nicole Hogsett. And in this conversation, we go beyond politics to discuss ways to support kids and adults before, during, and after being in an activated state. Here is episode 62, act three, insert humanness here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Teaching Artistry Podcast. This podcast celebrates artists, culture, and equity. And we're here to spotlight New York City Children's Theater's Start the Conversation programming that provides resources for grown-ups to support having ongoing conversations with kids around large and nuanced topics such as race, politics, immigration, mental health, LGBTQ uh, plus identities and more. And for this panel discussion, we'll focus on the resource topic of emergency drill support. So let's go around the room, the Zoom room, that is, uh, and take note of who's in the room, uh, share your name, pronouns, your role in relation to New York City Children's Theater and in this work. Who would like to start? 
I can start. Um, hi, my name is Caitlin McCain. I use she, her pronouns uh, at New York City Children's Theater. I'm a teaching artist, uh, the Education Associate of Public Engagement and the creator of Start the Conversation. And hello, I'm Nicole Hoxett. I use she, her pronouns and I am the Marketing and Audience Engagement Director at New York City Children's Theater. Excellent, and I am Courtney J. Body, podcast host, she, her. Um, all right, so let's get into this topic. Why, why create resources around emergency drills? So um, I think defining like what is emergency drill, right? Um, when we're talking about emergency drills, we're talking about fire drills, um, active shooter drills, uh, lockdown drills are what they are called in New York um, and in many other states. So any kind of drills that are, are happening um, often in school settings um, that are preparing for some type of emergency. Um, and specifically for us, um, the inspiration came from the very prevalent stories, um, all too prevalent stories of school shootings um, and the ways that schools are starting to prepare and continuing to prepare students for that. Um, so the inspiration for this really came from my own experiences and work in classrooms um, that I had when, when teaching. Um, and actually Nicole and I experienced one together doing a project in a classroom where uh, this one was a fire drill um, well, actually, it wasn't a drill. It was um, uh, someone had pulled the fire alarm, and but it, it was not serious. Like there was not actually a fire, um, but they didn't. The students and the teachers didn't know that at the time, and so there was some panic. And uh, we were in a kindergarten classroom, Nicole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and there was a really like heightened activation that was happening with those young people. There were tears, there was confusion. Um, and, you know, the teachers, of course, like did a great job. They didn't know that this was not a scheduled drill. Um, and even we found out at the school, even when there are scheduled drills, teachers are not told about them. Um, so they, they, they're never sure either way. Um, so this was, you know, activating for the children. It was activating for us. Um, it's happened to me a few other times as a teaching artist. Um, and I'm sure if you're a teaching artist listening, it's happened to you too, if you're doing your lesson. And then, uh, you know, they make the announcement and a, a drill is happening. I think uh, for me, the most activating ones are those lockdown drills where you're pushed into a corner with a group of students that you maybe have just met if it's a one-time residency or that you're getting to know. Um, and then you're asked to go back to your teaching. <laughs> like it's over, the drill's over. And then they're like, okay, continue, go ahead. Sorry, you lost, you know, 15, 20 minutes of whatever you're doing. Um, but me being expected to go back to teaching and like Nicole and I facilitating when there was a, a child like crying um, and the, and also like this was very shortly after um, the tragedy um, took place in Uvalde, Texas at the end of the school year last year. Um, so we started thinking like, is this can't be it? Like you can't, we can't just go back to teaching. Um, so that's when Nicole and I started to collaborate to create a resource that could provide educators and uh, be it teaching artists, classroom teachers, folks working with young people in a classroom setting 
with resources uh, to support students before, during, and after emergency drills of any kind. Um, so we started with interviewing educators from New York um, and a few other states um, to hear about their experiences and practices around emergency drills to kind of get a sense of like, is this just a New York thing where they're like, go back to your teaching? Um, you know, New Yorkers tough. <laughs> um, but we found that it was a practice pretty widely um, across these teachers' experiences. And Tara, um, who you heard from in the previous episode, um, she actually connected us um, with the educators and was our first to be interviewed. So we were really trying to get teacher um, expertise and experience in this conversation. Um, as you were talking, I was thinking about all the times that as a teaching artist or administrator, I was in some sort of drill. Um, and then I went all the way back to like school, like being in school. <laughs> and yeah. um being rem rem remembering like a story i feel like my mom my mom told me this story or or maybe it was teachers of the previous generation because they grew up during the cold war that they would also do drills their drills were about like nuclear raids and bombings and it was like that sounded like mayhem to me <laughs> at the time but now you know where we are right now is also feels like mayhem and I appreciate what you're what you're talking about in terms of helping because I, I always felt like even when it was a drill or it was a real thing the the like you got that sort of weird mirandering way back to your classroom if you're outside because that's usually a fire drill right you're you're asked to, you're made to go outside but uh then it's just like right back to teaching. And it's like, that's weird. That's weird. That feels like a harsh transition. And especially if it's in a lockdown situation. Um, so, so talking to these educators um, and, you know, drawing from your own experiences and other research, what, how did you, like, how did you decide to lay out the page? What are the resources that are available? Yeah. So um, I think there's like two parts here. So, First is that we really wanted to center this teacher expertise and make this a resource for other educators. So um, when we were interviewing those teachers, we um, were connected with a fabulous educator, um, a fourth grade educator in the Bronx named Elizabeth Apollon. Um, and she was our educator consultant for the project. So she had a hand in reviewing each of the resources before we launched them to make sure that they were actually useful for classroom teachers. And then in addition to an educator consultant, um, we wanted to pull in a mental health professional as well, because that's really what we're talking about here. Um, and New York City Children's Theater's education department actually has a really long history of working and training through a trauma-informed lens. Um, and that's highlighted. We have a, um, a asynchronous um, like workshop program called the Trauma-Informed Toolkit for Educators and um, we train our teaching artists in a trauma-informed approach. And our trainings um, have been facilitated for many years by a incredible licensed creative arts therapist named Allison Finder. So Allison was our mental health professional on this. Um, and she also collaborated on our trauma-informed toolkit. And she currently works as a mental health counselor for a middle and high school 
uh, students in the Bronx. So between her trauma-informed expertise um, and work in schools, she really had the perfect intersections um, for this to support this project. So those were the, the voices that we had in creating these. And then I have some background in trauma-informed work and being a teaching artist. So then we brought all that together um, and we created a three-part video series. Um, and the videos are designed to be watched by classrooms um, and they're split into three parts of before, during, and after. So the goal was they're all around five-ish minutes. They're shorter than our, our other ones because that was something we heard from teachers of like, we don't have all the time in the world. We have curriculum that we have to get to. Rules are strict, right? So this has to be something we can, you know, share, digest, and move on. And that that's a reality, but also they wanted to be able to offer these resources. So there's um, videos that talk about, you know, what do you do before giving students the what to expect and why we're doing this, which is a super important part of a, a trauma-informed approach is the why. Um, and then the during, giving students regulation tools for anything that might bubble up, you know, like if, if you're an educator or a student and you've been put in that corner, <laughs> like even when you know it's a drill, stuff starts to, you're like, what if, what if, what if, what would I really do? You know, so what can we do in those moments? And then after of how, what you were talking about, Courtney, of like rough transition back into the classroom, just sit back down. Um, of, you know, what if we checked in instead? And what if we re-regulated? And what if we took some breath together um, and then go back to our daily activities? Because that really, that is important too, that we continue with the norm. So that's how the videos are organized. And then we have our perhaps largest and most robust um, resource guide, which is titled our Educator Emergency Drill Guide. And this breaks down um, it's separated by grades, so pre-K to first, and then second to fourth, and then fifth to sixth. Um, and I, I say it ends at six, but really it could be adapted, you know, for older students. But what it does is it's like a scripted version of steps and some language that teachers could take and use um, for those different sections in case the videos aren't quite right for their student population. Right. Or if they want to guide these conversations themselves. So it, it takes you through the steps. It includes breathing and grounding exercises for all ages, expert tips from our teachers and from Allison um, and from Elizabeth, um, and then also information and modifications for neurodivergent and disabled students as well, because we're making that's um, a population that's often not centered or talked about or even included in emergency drills. And so we wanted to make sure that how are we really taking care of our full classroom? Um, and then Nicole, I want to have you share about your fabulous resource that you added to this. Yeah, and so then in addition to these resources, we also have two visual stories. So one that takes students um, through the steps of a fire drill and what they might expect in any given situation. And then one that also takes students through a lockdown drill. And so they're designed for um, to support neurodiverse groups and neurodivergent students, but also are just helpful for really any student, right? Like thinking about what Caitlin was saying about the why, being prepared and knowing what's gonna happen. It's just like so critical. Um, and then in addition to that, we also have like a caregiver resource guide that pulls out the best tips, <laughs> if you will, um, from our educator guide so that caregivers at home, if their child has gone through this, in school, they have tools that 
their disposal as well to speak to their children about it. It's really heartening to hear how deeply considered, um, how, how deeply you are taking under consideration the feedback from teachers in order to develop the tools and then obviously working with uh, educators and teachers to um, give feedback on the the, the guides themselves and the work itself before launching. Um, really, really great. And so from that, I'm curious about what the, what the feedback has been since launching these tools and, and how are you, prom- how are you promoting them? Meaning like if it felt like when I was in there, it felt dense. I, like you said, it was the largest <laughs> guide uh, of all of them. And so, yeah, how are, you know, is there any other sort of uh, I like your word activating. Is there any sort of activate activation that's happening around this? Because this is like, this is, this is not just a conversation. This is like real. These things happen. These drills happen period, you know, multiple times in a given season, uh, academic year season <laughs> season is for me, uh, academic years for schools. Um, yeah. So like what, what kind of feedback are you getting? And uh, is there any like activating or engagement opportunities around this work? The feedback that we've that we received first was um, it was it was kind of happenstance, but in a really useful way. So um, the New York City Arts and Education Roundtable um, reached out to us relatively quickly after it launched. Um, asking us to do a workshop on this, like talking about activating it and like bringing it to teaching artists. And this was because the feedback that they had been receiving from teachers of, we don't know what to do with this, the emergency drills. And so the feedback was, these resources don't exist in this way, that this is not something people are talking about in this way of like, yes, we're talking about school shootings and we're talking about gun control laws and we're talking about advocacy in that way. Um, But the reality of what teachers and students do in those moments, you know, if God forbid you're the school that it happens to, right? Because statistically they are rare and that's something we talk about in our, our guides and toolkit in this section of like reassuring students that, you know, we practice because just in case, you know, that, that really statistically it's not, it's statistically too high in the U S but it's not, you know, happening every other day. Um, at least in the ways that we're seeing like in Uvalde and, and things like that. So we, you know, we're reassuring our students, but that, the everyday thing that is happening is like you said, the drills. Um, So that was the feedback is that it's useful to be thinking about those three steps of before, during, and after of like breaking it down that way. Um, So we had the opportunity in February to do that workshop with the round table. um, And we were working, you know, a lot with teaching artists, which I thought would be useful to talk about here because teaching artistry with Courtney J. Body, Mm -hmm. Um, that teaching artists, the feedback in the form of question that we got from them is, you know, how do I, as a teaching artist, who's often a visitor in a classroom space, do these things, right? Because they're not going to be there for the before. They don't have the control of the space to um, say, okay, we're going to like create this this routine that we do and normalize it and all of these things when, you know, 
it just happens when you're there. So um, what we ended up talking about quite a bit was, you know, what can you do then? And we really zeroed in on the after and like as a teaching artist, being able to come in and you have in your back pocket, you know, your metaphorical back pocket, your after drill routine that you do, not just for the students, but for yourself too. Um, and not leaving out that we as educators can be activated or triggered by these events too, of like, is it, we have a breath routine that we do. We have a check-in, um, you know, and also knowing something else that uh, folks have been asking about with this resource is um, the logistics of drills. Like often because it's not your school, you don't know the steps and like encouraging arts administrators, like, you know, our education directors and folks like that to include that information in one sheets, like to include that information um, when you're coordinating with your school that you're going to send your teaching artists out to figure out what, make sure you know what those procedures are. Um, and something Allison named is that the teaching artist becomes the de facto teacher <laughs> if you're the adult in that room. So um, to be able to know what's going to happen, that helps us regulate ourselves because we know, right, that knowing. Um, but also it, in an actual emergency, it helps us too. Um, yeah, so that's some of the feedback. Nicole, anything else? Yeah, I mean, I think just from the family side of it too, and like the audience side of it, just hearing from folks that we've promoted this with from like our wide audience list is that they don't have these resources and that they are excited to share them with the schools that their children go to because it does feel like a need that needed to be filled. And I think that this conversation does that so beautifully. I wonder if there's also room or more more opportunity to do that last bit that you were talking about around talking to arts organizations or, or you know, program managers to figure out how to have a conversation with schools to get that information. Because there's the like, there's the district level. I'm sure that there's one sheet about it because there, ha there has to be. Um, but then there's on the school level because they're like one time we had the school, like the person who organizes all of school safety come and do a training with us. It was insane. It was wild. Like our, our teaching artists still talk about it because I was like, we were also thinking like this is happening. This is long before this is pre pandemic. So it was before these resources existed, but it was like, we need some support because we don't, we need to figure out like what is actually happening and what, if the more we, like the, the philosophy is the more you understand what's happening on, uh, on the school level and the district level, the more we can then figure out like, how do we support, you know, uh, our, our artists going in as guests and arming them with some arming, mm, uh, providing them with some information, um, in order to feel, you know, fortified. Um, and then, Yes. And it was, it was the, like, just the training, like the way that training happens in that context is not like, uh, is a very different style. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Very different style than how we might approach facilitation <laughs> and, and presentation. Um, and, and it, and it, there's something about it. Like I've been through my own like our, our like buildings, when you work in an office, you have to have, you know, different drills and it's very matter of fact. And it's very like, uh, you know, like 
you got to do this. You got to do that. It's usually men who are talking to you. Usually it's white men who are talking to you. And it's very like, no, no, no. It's like, can we talk about like the, 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 the emotional side of this? Like, yes, react. Yes. Protect. Yes. You know, blockade all those things. I get it. ABCs got it. But like, is there any conversation about the other side? I, and I, and so it makes me think about those folks, the ones who are designing these drills and how potentially <laughs> might be useful to get these kind these particular resources into their hands. Because one thing that, that I heard you say, Caitlin was about, you know, the, the, the ability to self-regulate as, as an adult and support the, the young people that we're with to be able to also take a breath take several different deep breaths, different kinds of ways before we just jump into something else after, um, a particular drill. But I don't, I don't, I feel like that's a very, like, like you said, it's a trauma informed practice and I guarantee, I guarantee maybe that's probably not the right word, but I would, I would posit that a lot of the folks who are designing this, the drills themselves and, or, uh, work as part of a safety, uh, school safety or safety in general or um, law enforcement um, or the FYDN, uh, FY, no, what am I saying? The, you know, the fire department, <laughs> FDNY, um, that I, I wonder, like, how are they talking about this? I, I, my posit is that they're not talking about the emotional side. They're talking about how do we keep bodies safe, right? But actually, you know, if we're thinking about the whole body, you got to think about the heart and the mind and that activation, the trigger part too, and the mental health component, because if like the mental health is not there, the body is, is also just going to follow suit. Right. So it's the physical follows the mental often, but we're not the interconnectedness of that. I, f- I feel like at least historically has not been uh, very touched upon. So I I'm, I'm excited about this work. Um, and I'm uh, in terms of the, yeah, so I, that's my that's my positive is like trying like find more ways to get the 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 program staff to be engaged in this work for exactly that reason for themselves to support their 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 artists who are going in to have a, a real conversation with the teachers and the staff because they likely are also having that, you know, there's so much for teachers that, uh, and educators that are being, you know, these mandates that are just placed upon them as opposed to feeling like they have a whole lot of control in certain ways. This, this particular resource feels like there's an opportunity for feeling like that you can, you can still, you know, you got to get to your curriculum, got it, but that you can take five minutes to do some of this work, whether it's the video or, you yourself so that I think that's great and that's that's too like that I think is our hope for this as well like you need the safe you need the keeping the body safe part right that they are also they're bringing in expertise and like yes and we need this and I think the hope is bringing mindfulness back into an event that has become otherwise really mindless too like it's just by rote like you were saying of like the ABCs you do it like, how are we bringing the humanness into something that is so human? Like, it's it, it's just human. Um, and that, yeah, that 
these stories on the news are being absorbed and we might not even know it, you know, notice it, but young people and teachers, we can't just go on as business as usual, you know? So I think this series hopefully offers a place to start doing that, a, a place to start bringing that humanness back in. I like that humanness. I also am, am like the surviving, you want to survive the emergency. And then how do you bounce like, uh, you know, in trauma informed practice, there's like the acute thing that happens. And, and my guess is in your, in your, um, research, you know, even a drill can activate to a place where it feels like a trauma, like a actual trauma, trauma, sorry, trauma, traumatic event. Right. So that we're, we're depleted in terms of thriving. Right. So we, if we have supports, we'll get back up to thriving and like this particular resource, and in general, like the arts um, have the ability to support um, getting back to a more thriving place. So there's the immediate and then there's over time. Uh, yeah. So, um, OK, so uh, where where what is so you've <laughs> we've covered a lot of topics over the course of the month. And I'm uh, I know that there are a lot of others is there, uh, which we mentioned, I believe we mentioned it at some point, like there are a ton of different topics that you've got. Are there any new ideas bubbling up for added or augmenting the resource, the resources to start the conversation resources? Yeah. Nicole, do you want to share? Yeah, you go for it. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> go for it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, our next series uh, was actually just released um, and it is called Practicing Consent. Um, and it engages young people in a conversation about, you guessed it, consent, um, <laughs> but also sharing boundary setting and community caring. Um, it's our most theatrical series yet, which is very exciting. It's an interactive theater and education, TIE style video. Um, and in it, viewers become members of the Squirrel Scout Troop 212. Uh, and they are tasked with helping fellow Squirrel Scout Freddie figure out how to be a good Squirrel Scout and listen to their body at the same time. Um, so looking at how we, how we ask other people to treat us and how we treat other people, listening to our bodies, um, and choosing when and what we want to share. Um, so we're very excited about that resource. And then we have some other things um, cooking up for, for future seasons, but we also would really love to hear from folks about what things they want to have conversations about or would like support in starting conversations around. So on our website, um, nychildrenstheater.org, uh, at the bottom of each of the Start the Conversation pages, there is a place that Nicole has so beautifully added where you can recommend um, topics that you would like to see because we want to be creating resources that are um, being asked for by our communities. Nice. Um, and so what's the website again? Where do you find these resources? nychildrenstheater.org theater with an er not an re for this one. <laughs> oh, i almost forgot workshops <laughs> um, workshops we have live versions of our conversations um in workshop style that can be brought to schools and community centers and uh, either in person or virtually um that can be that 
bring adults and children together so that we can really start these conversations um, in person together. So uh, if the videos are for you, those are always free and accessible resources. But if you um, are looking for a little bit more um, and to continue this conversation in your community, um, we're starting to do live work as well. That's wonderful. Um, well, we we are coming to a close on uh, the the series around Start the Conversation. And um, Caitlin, you've been like the rock star, like anchor in all of the episodes. <laughs> um, and Nicole, we've got you in at least two. So um, I just want to thank you both for, um, you know, reaching out and for uh, being so, um, dare I say, mindful in creating all of the this like rich bevy of resources that are at our fingertips around all of these different topics. I think this particular one, I mean, a lot of them do, but this particular one feels the most, uh, 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 how do I say this? Um, emergency drills feels like the most, um, oh gosh, there's like, I see, I see visions. I can't put it into words yet, but I'm seeing like, uh, the cross, the crossover map of like reality, tangibility, and still hard to have the conversation around not the the drill itself, but the, like you said, breaking it down the before, during and after and the lasting impacts of multiples. Right. You know? And um, so I feel like this, this to me, this one particularly feels potent in a different kind of way than some of the other topics, because the other ones feel like there's not like, there's uh, it's ongoing that's very very ongoing right and it's not about like a thing that happens <laughs> right whereas this is like this is a thing that happens these are things that can happen these are acts like specific acts and yet there's a whole world that lives around each of these acts and these resources can help you to not only deal with the what goes around it but talking about it which is something that I think just inherently in this country we're very very poor at <laughs> we're poor at, we're ta we're good at talking at people or at things but not with and I feel like all of the resources that you've got um up on the website and the more that you continue to add really are not just about starting the conversation, but allowing the conversation to happen and supporting that conversation to keep going. So uh, I want to say thank you again for being our guests, for bringing this work to our attention. And um, I'm excited for the listeners to also share um, and, and interact with these resources themselves. Thank you for listening to Episode 62, Act 3 of Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body in conversation with Start the Conversation, Insert Humanness Here. Join us next time for conversations with the Teaching Artist Guild community. This podcast is edited and produced by Ben Weber. Christopher Totten is the Director of Creative Content. Jono Waldman wrote and performed the theme song. Tim Palin designed the logo. Visit us at www.teachingartistry.org and head to the pod shop at the top of the page for merch. Find us on Instagram at Teaching Artistry Podcast and now on YouTube. Check out the Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body channel and watch We Can't Go Back. Like our page on Facebook, listen to us on SoundCloud and Spotify, subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to share this podcast with all the teaching artists in your life.